0: everyone this is nick with the salt lake snowcast coming to you on sunday january 14th for a special edition episode blackout rose and get out of the mountains i just couldn't help myself today i woke up this morning and just had a feeling that i wouldn't be skiing i checked the utah avalanche center advisory for the salt lake area mountains and saw that we had an all black rose telling me it was an extreme danger on all aspects and all elevations so i reached out to my friend kira Antonucci who's a lead guide and avalanche forecaster with Utah Mountain Adventures and asked if she could come on the show today to chat about these unique conditions. Kira, these snow totals are certainly impressive. However, it's not super uncommon for us Wasatch skiers and riders to wake up to a foot or two overnight or within 24 hours. We always get a lot of snow, that's why we live here. So the question becomes, what makes these conditions different than other big storms we have? Basically, how did we get here?
1: That's a great question. Um, we've got a number of things going on. And what I like to just start with is our recipe for an avalanche, right? Like we need a slab over a weak layer on top of a bed surface and then a trigger. Triggers can be anything from uh, natural, like if we're adding more weight uh, via new snow or wind, they can be humans, artillery, and even animals. Our slab setup is gonna be this new storm that's coming in or any of that wind slab that's building. And our weak layer is gonna be that December dry layer, right, or that December drought layer uh, that formed when we had a period of high and dry. But what's unique about this storm is as we've been building over the last, I guess, week now, because it's been snowing just continuously, um, is we didn't reach the quote unquote tipping point for a while. All of that snow that came in early was really dry and lacked water, uh, even though we saw like, a pretty impressive amount of snowfall. But over the last 24 hours, we've seen close to two inches of waterfall, right? which might not sound like a lot, but actually packs a big punch. Um, and our entire storm total for this storm that's hitting right now is like, just about five and a half inches of water which is a crazy amount of weight to add to a week later.
0: Perfect. I think something that I reflect on a lot that makes me really interested in avalanche education is that things can be, it's like simultaneously really complicated, but also really basic at the same time. It's like we can get super into the weeds about like weather forecasting and like snowpack structure and what size is the facet grain and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's really simple at the same time. And that's something I've always appreciated about about this line of work. And like one of my thoughts today is that this black rose is pretty different than our previous black danger rose, which happened in February of 2021. On that day, I did decide to head into the mountains to check things out. And I actually met these guys on top of the cone who said they had already been avalanched in their forerunner while driving to the Spruces Trailhead and they were dug out from a snowbank by UDOT? It was a good reality check for me. <laughs> Anyways, what's jumping out to me about today's conditions is that we're seeing more slides in places that we normally don't, and it's catching a lot of people off guard. Why do you think we're seeing this type of distribution?
1: Yeah, it's just basically where the snow is falling. And I mean, I'm sitting in Salt Lake right now, it's basically raining outside or it rained overnight. Everything's melting. It's warm down low, but it doesn't mean that our lower elevations didn't get the same snow. Like we had the setup low down early on in December. We had that drought layer starting to form in different areas. And the reason that we're seeing a danger rose that's entirely black is because that distribution for avalanches is happening literally everywhere. Like, today is one of those days where there are very, very few places where you might be able to go look at the mountains um, and not be exposed to avalanche terrain. Where in previous years, or in 2021, there were different areas that you could not manage the hazard, but you could enter and feel like you weren't in extreme danger the entirety of the compass rose.
0: Yeah, like, I... Text my friends who were going to the resort today, and I was like, "Turn your beacon." Like normally we say, we joke around like, "Turn your beacon on at the car, off at the bar." I think today is a day where it's like, "Turn your beacon on when you get out of bed, and turn it off when you get back into bed at the end of the day." Like it just seems like um, totally unpredictable conditions. Like, what else do we have to worry about with this level of snowfall? Um, like, do we have to worry about deep snow immersion and things like that today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, like one thing that I've been chatting with folks about is wearing beacons in resort. Like you're saying, like it isn't just a problem that's in the backcountry. Like, this is a problem that's happening in our resorts as well. Uh, UDOT does a great job of controlling the highways, but it's still possible that avalanches could come down while you're driving because uh, we're continuing to add more snow and more water weight. And then at the resort, we have a lot of snow. Uh, it's entirely possible to deal with deep snow immersion, falling into tree wells, um, or even getting slid inbounds. And so I think today is a really good day to wear a beacon. Yeah, leave it, waking up <laughs> out of bed <laughs> first thing on, and then uh, last thing off at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question of, you know, when I recorded episode three of the Snowcast with our friend Billy Haas, I mentioned the conceptual model of avalanche hazard and i'll leave a link to this in the show notes for today in case people want to really nerd out on their sunday black rose day but you know basically this model is one of the ways that professionals determine the avalanche danger rating and for extreme hazard it says that we need to be basically almost certain that we'll see touchy large to very large avalanches in widespread locations and they're pretty specific about the wording for that so does it seem like this is what's happening out there today or yeah
1: yeah i would say that it matches pretty much to a t we have avalanches happening all over the state it's not just isolated to the salt lake area mountains i know that that's what we're talking about but if you look at the uac everywhere except for moab has a black danger rose today which is
0: basically colorado
1: yeah essentially <laughs> <laughs> um and i think that that just like speaks to the volume of this storm and the distribution of it uh overnight like there were i don't know hundreds of avalanches that occurred throughout the range um we might not be seeing the biggest avalanches right like some of these aren't like the biggest destructive avalanches or the ones that are like an alter slide paths forever but we have enough of them happening constantly, and they're big enough uh, for us to be in that extreme hazard rating.
0: And it comes down to travel advice, right? And like, how yes. do you describe the travel advice for today?
1: Well, so if you like, bump over to the North American Public Avalanche Danger Scale. Um, there's kind of three things that forecasters use to determine or help determine our danger level. The travel advice, the likelihood, and then the size and distribution. So we already talked about the likelihood and the size and distribution. And then the travel advice for today matches perfectly. Uh, Extraordinarily dangerous avalanche conditions. Avoid all avalanche terrain. And avoid all avalanche terrain in this scenario means like avoid being on it, under it, near it, approaching it, like all of the things. Um, And I think that that really conveys the punch that the forecasters are trying to get across.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I think uh, it's not really a day to even like look for avalanches. You know, a lot of people go out there and be like, oh, let's see like what we can find today. Let's see what slid. And it's definitely not a day for that. These conditions are really serious. I know pretty much any professional is staying home today um, for good reason. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I want to wrap up with the question of like, when will these mountains stop trying to kill us?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. Um, You know, if we look at the forecast through Monday night, we're forecasted to get another two and a half inches of water, which could stack up to be 30 to 40 inches of snow. Um, That's in a really short period of time. So I would expect our extreme uh, hazard rating to take us through tomorrow even as well Uh, at a certain point there's just not enough snow where everything has slid um Tuesday we get a slight break in the weather where it gets sunny and then Wednesday another storm moves in uh I'm not sure what that's going to come in with if it's going to be dry snow or heavy snow and that's really going to impact like where our danger level goes but after Tuesday or tuesday itself i would expect to see our danger level trending down it's not going to drop to moderate right away right it'll probably stay elevated at high and then gradually go to considerable and once we you know have a high resolution look at what that uh weather system coming in on wednesday is going to be we'll know more about whether it's going to stay high through the week or not
0: yeah and hopefully it's not still high by like early next weekend, because that'll be, I mean, at that point, it'd be almost like eight days of like high to extreme danger, which is just a lot for us to handle mentally. And we've obviously already had two pretty major incidents in the Wasatch and um, stoked that everybody's okay. But I think when you get those long periods of high to extreme danger, um, even long periods of considerable danger, that's when you start to see things start to pop off more with um, backcountry users.
1: Yeah, totally. I also think that, you know, now that we've hit this extreme level, I'm hoping that people see that we're hitting that, we're not hitting the tipping point anymore. We're at the tipping point, Things are like popping off. There's no more needle to thread. Whereas before, when we kept seeing our water totals and our storm totals climbing, we weren't necessarily seeing the distribution of avalanches. Uh, as you might expect. And there was a lot more uncertainty about when and where they're going to happen. And now, you know, the mountains are angry. (laughs) They're just, they're letting everything rip everywhere today.
0: Yeah. Well, that seems like a good place to wrap up. Kira, thanks for joining me for this last minute, special edition episode today. I'm looking forward to having you back on the show once things are a little bit more normal so that our Wasatch community can get to know you even a little bit more.
1: I look forward to it, thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: We'll be back with a full episode at the end of this week. Until then, like we were just talking about, we can expect more snow before a quick break on Tuesday, leading us into our next storm system that will land sometime midweek. Thanks for being here.